Thanks for tuning in to the Revival Tabernacle Podcast. Wherever you may be listening from, we hope that this message encourages you in the unwavering, unconditional love of Jesus Christ. Join us as we reach sinners, raise believers, and release leaders. Please enjoy the message from the RT Pulpit. Turn in your Bibles to Ephesians chapter 2. Ephesians chapter 2. And just a few verses that we're going to look at today. Verses 19 through 22. Ephesians chapter 2. Verses 19 through 22. I am still just amazed at the work that went forth here over the last two weeks with Love Detroit. 24 hours, seven days a week, for two weeks straight. I had the privilege and the honor of coming in here, plugging in here, some late nights, 10, 11 o'clock at night, and to just see many days, the parking lot full of people in here, whether they were already dispatched in their different teams, of of uh, witnessing crusades, but then there was also prayer and worship going on here in the sanctuary. I tell you, it just it it was powerful. It was powerful, and uh, I tell you, every year we just are going to find ways to grow that relationship because what uh, that organization, that ministry, is doing here in the city of Detroit. And in Highland Park, and it, it's just it's just wonderful, and uh, we need more of it. We need, I said, we need more of it. We need more of it. I'm so thankful for Sister Heidi and Brother John, and just so many others who have joined in with them, and it was a part of what God is doing and continues to do here in this city. This is His city. I said, this is His city. And they can do all the development that they want to downtown, but uh, I tell you, when God begins to do a work on the inside, there is nothing that can compare to what God is, is getting ready to do. As a matter of fact, the scriptures say, eyes haven't seen and ears haven't heard. <laughs> Neither has it entered into the hearts of men the things that he has prepared for those. Let me tell you something. God is preparing us for what he has prepared for us. My dad always would tell us that, and, I, and it became more and more real over these last several months, that God is preparing us for what he has prepared for us. And somebody needs to get that today, because see, you may be going through a little bit of a, of a uh, hard place. You may find yourself in a hard place, or in a tough time, or, or, or in a uh, 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 bind situation. Let me just tell you something, God's preparing you. Y'all ain't saying nothing to me on this side, so I'm going to talk to this side. God is preparing you. And it's because he has something prepared for you. And he has to get you to a place where you can properly receive and appreciate what it is that he's trying to get to you. See, you think he's trying to take something from you, but God is really trying to get something to you. And if we can just keep in our minds that, listen, 
the troubles that we may go through right now, let me tell you something, it's nothing in comparison to the glory that shall be revealed. God has something, might look at your neighbor and say, God is getting, God, God, God wants to blow your mind. I, I'm, I'm saying, come on, look at somebody else because maybe that's the wrong neighbor. Look at your other neighbor and say, God wants to blow your mind. He wants to blow your mind. But see, the problem, and I don't know why I've even gone here because this is not even what my, 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 my message is. But see, the problem that we face a lot of times is that a lot of times when we're in the fire, when we find ourselves in that hot oven, when it's turned up, it's not on bake, it's on broil. <laughs> and we find ourselves in that hot place, what happens is we want to get out. Oh, that's too hot in there. Oh, no, no, no. And we get out, and guess what? We're undone. And we try to go out and do the things that we should be doing if we had stayed in the fire a little bit longer. But when you get out there and you're undone, guess what? You get exposed. And all that you thought you were, well, maybe you wasn't all that in the bag of chips. And God in his infinite wisdom somehow, some way orchestrates life and takes us back into the place where we try to run from. And if we could just stay in that place, if we can just stay in that, yes, I know the place is uncomfortable. I know the place is hot. I know the place doesn't feel good. Let me tell you something. It may not feel good, but I want you to know it's still working for your good. It may not feel good while it's working, but it's working for your good. Somebody say, he hit somebody and say, it's working for your good. It's working for your good. Woo! It's working. It may not seem like it's working. <laughs> it may not appear like anything is going on. But, I, but my spiritual father, Pastor Tim, would always tell me, Devin, God is always at work behind the scenes even when you can't see him working. He's always at work behind the scenes in your life. And it's because you ask him for one thing and he has to do 10,000 things to bring that one thing to pass. And you just think, well, God, I'm still, I've been here waiting all these years. Keep on waiting. Wait on the Lord. Be of a good courage. And he's going to strengthen your heart. Wait, I say, on the Lord. Don't wait on the government to call you. Because they may never call you. But when you wait on the Lord, let me tell you something. Something happens when you begin to wait on him. God, I'm waiting on you said vengeance was yours. I'm just waiting on you to get them back. You know, most times God never does get them back. He advances you. And in the process of advancing you, he still works on them. Because see, the truth of the matter is, uh, if it wasn't for the grace of God on your life, See, somebody was looking for you to get got back. Yeah. 
But thanks be unto God that he continues to show his grace and his mercy. And you too need to show grace and mercy to someone else. Supposed to be talking about stronger together, but I feel the Holy Ghost right here. And so we have to understand that we have to remain where God, listen, stay where God has you because he's trying to get you somewhere. He's trying to get you somewhere. And watch this. He uses other people around you to help you. Say this after me. I am a part of God's plan. Now look at your neighbor and say, for you. And see, a lot of us don't like that. Because what that means is, you mean to tell me that where I will end up in God is depending on who God has me connected to? Yes. Because guess what? Where you are right now, if you may not like where you are right now, but I can guarantee you, it's because of who you've been connected to. Ephesians chapter 2, verse 19 and 22. I'm going to show you something in Scripture, and I want you to get this because this is powerful. Somebody say, this is powerful. Verse 19, it says, Now therefore you are no longer strangers and foreigners, but fellow citizens with the saints and the members of the household of God. Boy, that's a lot to say right there, and I could preach all day long just on that verse right there, but I'm going to keep going. We're going to come back and touch on it. Having been built on the foundation of the apostles and prophets, Jesus Christ himself being the chief cornerstone in whom the whole building being fitted together grows into a holy temple in the Lord, in whom you also are being built together for a dwelling place, of God in the spirit. I want to talk just for a moment, promise won't be long. I want to talk just for a moment from this title, Insta Family. Insta Family. Insta Family. The moment you come to know Christ, we're connected. The moment you come to know who Jesus is and receive him into your heart, we're family. Instantly. I'm talking about the moment that you say, God, I want to receive you into my heart. I want to make Jesus my Savior and my Lord. Guess what? You are instantly engrafted in to the family of God. And you have brothers and sisters that you never had before. Instantly. Somebody say instantly. 
We are members of God's household. Verse 21 says, the whole building is joined together and rises to become a holy temple of the Lord. Verse 22, you too are being built together to become a dwelling in which God lives by his spirit. This connectedness is critical to the growth of his church. I'm going to say it again. This connectedness is critical to the growth of his church. In other words, our connectedness guarantees our survival. What are you saying? If you're not connected, you're more vulnerable to fall prey to the enemy. Remember week one? I had a toothpick. One toothpick, break it real easy. Gathered a bunch of toothpicks. That same toothpick, but, though it's, but, but when it's gathered together with other toothpicks, it becomes very difficult to break. Same toothpick. When it's alone, easy to be broken. Gathered with other toothpicks, very, very difficult, almost impossible. Your connectedness guarantees your survival. Growth takes place with this connection. In other words, watch this. We can only grow when we are in fellowship with one another. I'm going to say that again. We can only grow when we are in fellowship with one another. This terminology that Paul uses here. Let me back up because, see, uh, this is what the church in Acts showed us. The first church, the early Christians, watch this, they devoted themselves to fellowship. Are y'all hearing what I'm saying? They devoted themselves. I mean, they didn't just have fellowship. They devoted themselves to it. And, 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 and most of us, some of us, refuse to get plugged into a life group. Why? Because for whatever reason, we like to stay to ourselves, be all alone. Well, I don't like the life groups that they got. Start your own. The point is get connected. I know it's real quiet, but I was expecting it to be quiet today, so I'm going to keep on going in the name of the Lord. <laughs> they devoted themselves to it. Fellowship, watch this, is a priority of the church and one of the, and one of the pillars of the church's growth. This is the same terminology used by Paul here. The church will grow when members are connected well with one another. I said, I said, I'm going to say it again. The church will grow when members are connected well with one another. Therefore, fellowship within the body of Christ cannot be optional. So what comes to your mind when you hear the word fellowship? 
See, today, however, we often view fellowship as what we do in the fellowship hall or what we do here at RT on a typical Sunday when uh, after worship and we get together and we stretch across those aisles and we fellowship. <laughs> no, that's, just, that's really just greeting. It's the place where we have casual conversations. We drink coffee and donuts. This is not bad and can certainly contribute to fellowship, but it by itself falls short of what fellowship is according to the Bible. See, this word fellowship doesn't really do justice to the depth of what the biblical concept was about. The word in the Greek is known as koinonia. I hope I pronounced that right, Pastor Ken. I did a good job. Thank you very much. The Greek word for fellowship comes from a root word meaning common or shared. So watch this. Real fellowship means a common participation in something deeper than just being a member. Fellowship has some very important vital aspects to it. Let me give you the first one. You know what fellowship is really about? Relationship. Come on, say that with me. Say relationship. Now, how can you be in relationship with someone if you don't even know their name? See, I'm a member at Costco. When I push my buggy around, I see people that I may have seen last week when I was there. Because you know, with two crumb snatchers in the house, you have to go make weekly runs. You buy this stuff in bulk, but you have to make weekly runs. Because that Reagan can eat. Oh, don't be fooled by the little body and the little curly hair. That girl can put down some food. But let me tell you something. I'm not in fellowship with the people at Costco, though we all are members. Though we all go to the same location and we all carry a Costco card, we're all members of that organization, but guess what? I'm not in fellowship with them. Why? Because I don't have a relationship with them. See, the relationship begins with a common bond. In the church, our common bond is Jesus Christ. Are y'all hearing what I'm saying today? His grace that was shared to you was also shared to somebody else. That's our common bond. His mercy that was extended to you was also extended to him over there. That's our common bond. That's how we build relationship with one another. That's the reason why in the old church we began sharing testimonies because when one person would get up and say, give it out to God who was the head of my life. I want to thank you for being here tonight, but you know what? I got to tell you something. God has been good to me. Let me tell you how God's been good to me. He woke me up this morning. Somebody else looks back. He woke me up this morning too. And they didn't say he started me on my 
my way. He gave me the activities of my limbs, and I found out the blood was still running warm in my veins. Somebody over there said, you know what? That's the same thing that happened to me, and now we have a common bond. Why? Because of Jesus Christ, the Son of the living God, the same God that raised Jesus from the dead, guess what? Also lives in me, and he also lives in you. Come on, somebody shout, God's been good to me. And I look back at him and say, you too? Uh-huh, uh-huh, you too. <laughs> Fellowship is the first and foremost a relationship rather than an activity. It's a relationship. It's more than an activity. It's a relationship. The principle is that any activity that follows should come out of the relationship. Fellowship means we belong to each other in a relationship because we share the common life enabling grace of Jesus Christ. This is fellowship in the vertical. So when I say I'm not going to going for fellowship today, I'm actually saying I'm not making time for others today. So when we say, uh, 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 I'm not going to fellowship today, we're saying, hey, I don't care that someone is not going to get what they need that can be found in me. If you can't say amen, just say ouch, because I'm coming down your row. Because it's more than just attending an activity. It's building relationships. That's why I love Wednesday nights. Not just because we get to eat some of the best chicken wings in the, in the city of Detroit for the wingman group. But I love Wednesday nights, why? Because we get to have relationships with one another. Brother Chris came. We had our life group at Pizza Populous this past Wednesday because Pizza Populous got some amazing chicken wings. Anybody know what I'm talking about? Say amen. It's more than just a deep, deep, deep dish pizza. They got some wings in there that will just tear your mouth out if you ain't careful. Because that, that peach mango or, or that, no, that mango habanero, let me tell you something. God was in the building. I feel him all in the atmosphere right now. Yeah, somebody say glory. Oh, that chicken died that I may live. He did, he did, he did, he did. I'm just joking, I'm sorry for all the vegetarians and the vegans that are here. Apologize, I'm sorry. Let me talk to you about something that I read and discovered this week. In many Eastern European countries, there are so many orphans, listen to this, there are so many orphans being put into institutions that there isn't enough food or medical supplies or staff members to take care of them. Listen to me good. The babies often past toddler age are still kept in diapers and placed in cribs because there is no other way to take care of them. They are lifted out to be fed and they infrequently have their diapers changed. There is no real physical contact with other humans. 
no cuddling, no holding, no uh, uh, hardly ever being touched. They end up, watch this, they end up in semi-catastrophic states, also known as schizophrenia. Why? And are too often, most times, they die from a lack of human contact. This condition is called a failure to thrive syndrome. The important thing that we need to grasp from this is that we experience failure to thrive syndrome in the church. Because people come in here and they are moved by the word of God and they give their heart to the Lord and guess what? Nobody checks in on them. Nobody touches them. Nobody reaches out to them. Nobody is there for them. Nobody comes along and says, hey, brother, it was so amazing that you gave your heart to the Lord. What's your phone number so I can call you? Nobody comes alongside them and say, sister, let me tell you something. The decision that you made today was the best decision of your life. What's your phone number? Where do you live? Can I come and visit? Can I come and see about you? Many times we have people right here in this church that we miss for Sundays upon Sundays. And guess what? Nobody ever goes to see about him. Nobody ever goes to talk to him. Nobody ever calls and inquires, where have you been? You see him on Facebook, but you don't see him in church, and you're more applicable to talk to them on social media than you are in real life. There's something wrong with that. And a lot of times, they fall into the failure to thrive syndrome. And most times, next time you see them, you wonder, I thought they got saved a month ago, but they acting kind of crazy. Then guess what? They acting kind of crazy because you never reached out to call them. You never reached out to touch them. You never reached out to be with them, to build relationship and have true fellowship with them. You can't just say, well, you know, leave it up to Jesus, them and Jesus. Holy Ghost work it out. Yeah, through you. <laughs> yes, there will be things that he will convict and prompt them of himself, but guess what? He uses people. If that was the case, there would be no need for Jesus Christ. Because God could have just done it himself. But it doesn't work like that. He sent his son in, in the form of human flesh down 40 and two generations. Why? To become just like you and to become just like me because we needed a savior and his name is Jesus. And let me tell you something. For most of the people in your world, you are the closest thing to a Bible that they will ever read. But you happy, tending to your own garden, shaping your own bushes. So that People can look at you in the neighborhood and say, ooh, look at that house. When your house don't mean nothing. Because in any moment, catastrophe could hit. 
Nobody really understands the true value of relationship until they're in need of real relationship. When we don't get connected with one another or with another believer, when we don't have someone holding us accountable in our walk with the Lord, when we don't have a prayer partner, when we can, we too can develop that uh, propensity to grow crazy and could very well fall into that failure to thrive syndrome. But this can be avoided and it can be cured. How? Meet up with other believers in the church. It's critical to your growth. Growth can only come in fellowship, and we need fellowship. This is the true support system of God that he ordained for our spiritual life and our life with one another. Not only is fellowship about relationship, but fellowship is also about togetherness. Somebody say togetherness. See, in the book of Acts, the church was fellowshipping, not just at word services, but also day to day in the homes. Day to day. Paul says that we are together, God's family, and that we are being built together to do that you have to spend time with one another. Cornelia is God taking diverse and individual strands and weaving them together in order to create a tapestry that draws others to marvel at his work. And in spending time together, you learn to care for each other in a giving and receiving. At various times, we will need one or the other. Sometimes, we also will need both at the same time. You will need to minister to someone and be ministered to. This fellowship is horizontal. Told y'all this story before about a lady who became, who began coming to church. She came for about four weeks, all alone, to the Sunday morning services. She would come right in to the service, service began, and she would be the first one to leave the church because she would rush out during the closing benediction prayer. One day she decided to stop going to church after a few weeks and the pastor went and visited this woman, and she said she didn't come back because uh, she didn't uh, build any relationships in the church. <laughs> and many of us are like this same woman. They come to church and they leave before anybody can talk to them. And then they blame the church because the church didn't reach out. <laughs> well, let me tell you something. The relationship building and the togetherness is a two-way street. It's a two-way street. It takes effort. <laughs> 
for us to build relationships. It takes effort in a two-person relationship. Boyfriend and girlfriend, husband and wife. It takes effort. So imagine how much more effort it takes in the church. Y'all ain't saying nothing today. Somebody say relationship. Somebody say togetherness. The last part of true fellowship is companionship. You know, there are people that are longing for true companionship. They send off messages all the time. And most times we don't even pick up what they throwing down. My daughter Kaylin, uh, when we, we, we try to make a point every single night to sit down at the table and eat together as a family. And uh, sometimes, you know, I like to just decompress. <laughs> I don't really want to, you know, long day at work, sometimes you just kind of want to just, just not really talk, just eat and enjoy the food. But Kaylin, she will always say, so, how was your day, mommy? So, how was your day, daddy? And sometimes we're not picking up what she's throwing down because we will just simply answer the question of how our day was. And then she's sitting there looking because what she's waiting on is for us to respond back and say, how was your day, Kaylin? Because she wants to tell somebody about her day. There are people all around us. And because we get into these modes, I don't feel like talking to nobody. <laughs> y'all act like y'all never had that problem. You know, I'm so glad that this church is full of saved, sanctified, Holy Ghost filled, on your way to heaven, and so glad, folks. I'm just so happy about that. So happy about that. But for those of us who really want to be real, sometimes we don't feel like dealing with people. I mean, come, can, can we just be honest? We just want to just kind of be to ourselves from time to time. And people are sending off signals. They're trying to get our attention. They're trying to tell us, I'm in need of fellowship. And we don't even pick up the signs that they're trying to show us. You know, God has created us to be dependent people. He, he, he did. He created us to be dependent people. It, it's funny how when we're born, our whole life, our parents are pushing us to a state of independence. But when you get born again, our father is pushing us to a state or pulling us to a state of dependence because, we, because he recognizes that we can't do this on our own. 
we not only need the help of him, but we need the help of one another. Everybody stand to your feet. Our community at Revival Tabernacle aims to reach our city and beyond with the life-changing message of Jesus. Thank you for your support. If you want to further connect with us, you can find us online at www.revivaltab.org.